You're listening to Campus Review Radio. Hi, I'm Lauren Smith, Education Editor at Campus Review. Today I spoke to Katrina Jackson. She's the Acting Chief Executive of Universities Australia. We spoke about the mid-year economic and fiscal outlook, also known as MIEFO, and how it will impact universities. To begin with, what was your general reaction to the MIEFO measures as they relate to universities? We were very disappointed that there was a $2.2 billion cut to universities, is a freeze on funding. A freeze on funding is a cut in anyone's language. This means there will be fewer places to go around next year for students who genuinely need those places. So I understand in relation to that freeze or cut, um, there are sort of two main issues. Can you talk through both the fact that it could produce a shortage of graduates in regional areas? as well as um, a lack of graduates in areas that have shortages like um, science courses, for example? So the cuts uh, could have some really very perverse results. Uh, If you freeze the number of people going to universities, i.e. the number of places that universities can offer, that means that universities who are going to grow for very good reasons, say, let's say, a regional university in an area of genuinely unmet need, remembering that regional Australians have half the likelihood of having a degree compared with city Australians, so there's clearly very significant unmet need in regional areas. A number of regional universities who are planning to grow next year, they will not be able to grow because of these changes. That means that, that regional Australians who would have been able to get a place inside university will not be able to get a place. Uh, part of the whole project of a demand-driven system was to try and Uh, make smaller the gap between university attainment in regional and city areas. It would be a tragedy if these moves made that go backwards. If there isn't some change to them, it will be inevitable. There'll be fewer regional graduates. And in relation to uh, reduced numbers of graduates in courses that are uh, needing further employees, can you elaborate on that? Well, for a start, if there's a need for more people, you clearly need to offer more places. Uh, This is a freeze on the number of places that will be funded by the Commonwealth Government. Uh, Don't listen to any of the talk you hear uh, saying that it's not really stopping universities from taking on more people. Uh, the, The Commonwealth funds universities via student place. They have frozen funding via student place. So there will be fewer students. That means areas of greater demand, it is likely, there'll be fewer graduates in those areas. It also means there is a set of perverse incentives um, which will make universities think very hard about running low cost versus high cost courses. And some courses obviously cost more money because they just have more infrastructure, um, more facilities, more equipment required for them. Uh, The demand driven system uh, means that all, all of that is in the mix and there aren't perverse incentives. Chopping funding off this bluntly per student place will mean universities have to make very complex decisions about what sorts of courses they offer. We would hope very much it doesn't lead to um, uh, perverse selections. And what would you say to those who say that there are actually too many university graduates and that the demand-driven system hasn't necessarily worked out the way that it was intended to? 
So the demand-driven system was aimed very, very, very squarely at increasing the number of Australians who have a university degree, and it has done that very effectively. It has, however, now levelled off completely, in fact, it's slightly below population growth. So we're at a spot right now which was exactly the spot we wanted to get to, where we had more university graduates, hundreds of thousands more people who have the talent to do a university degree. They just didn't, in some cases, quite have the wherewithal. So they come from a very socioeconomically disadvantaged background, or they come from a regional area, just less likely you'll have a degree, or you come from an Indigenous background. Uh, part of the uh, Australian ethos of having a fair go is implanted squarely in the demand-driven uh, idea, uh, and that idea was to uncap the system so that those sorts of students would have a better chance and to then support them through the sorts of programs that come through HEP the equity program, which we are very pleased to see has stayed, and that's a definite thumbs up to the government. So we're just concerned that that that, that equity project uh, um, uh, is sustained and the demand-driven system has levelled off completely. So we saw some very big leaps in demand early on, but now it's completely levelled off. So there's just no need to be capping. So moving on to the student loan measures, in the Universities Australia press release, it mentions that Australian students already pay a significant share of higher education costs compared to those in other countries. Can you elaborate on that? So it's about 40% paid by the students, about 60%. Changes a little bit depending on what sort of degree you're doing, but about 40% paid by the student. That is, on international comparisons, a substantial amount of your degree. Uh, look, we would like to look very closely at those two measures in relation to student loans. They, of course, require legislation to pass them, so they will have to go back to the parliament for approval. Uh, we want to have a good look at what that does in terms of student affordability. Uh, the, the HECS scheme is one of the great reforms in Australian higher education, and every time you change it, you need to be very, very careful that you don't uh, reduce um, the progressive nature of, of the scheme. So we'll be having a very close look to see how that will impact on the students. So do you think that given the measures affecting universities in the budget didn't pass, do you think these measures have a greater chance of passing the Senate? These measures, the vast majority of these, apart from those two student matters we just discussed, don't need to go through the parliament. So there's, there's no discussion of whether they'll pass or not. These are measures which the government can impose without parliamentary approval. Okay, so in that case, um, what will the university industry be doing to um, respond to that well, change? Look, I think, so, so what we're doing right now, making very clear the sorts of uh, impacts that these changes will have on universities. Uh, you will have heard a number of vice-chancellors just yesterday saying they are really worried that there will be an increasing gap between regional and city university. Uh, attainment and that would not be uh, good for those universities and it would not be good for the nation. And is there anything else that you'd like to say on behalf of Universities Australia? Look, I think there are some positives in this package. We were very pleased to see that the research funding stayed the same, didn't, uh, uh, didn't get reduced, uh, but we are very concerned that freezing, uh, well let's be frank, a freeze is a cut. And this is not a time to be taking $2.2 billion out of universities. Universities are the places that work with students to create the knowledge, the smarts, the adaptability to mean that we can really confront the challenges of a sizably changing economy and, um, and, and world situation. Okay, well, thank you very much for speaking with me. Absolute pleasure.